Hey, this is Shelly Zan, and this is the Impact Over Influence podcast. I hope that you receive whatever it is that God has for you today. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Today, we're just going to kind of rebound off of what we talked about last week. If you haven't got to check out that episode, go ahead and check that out. It's called, Is God Against Isolation? But I just want to talk about now, like, where do we go from that? Like, maybe that episode, everything I talked about wasn't particularly where you were at, but wherever you are, we need to understand that we're about repentance then we rebound, then we get in relationship, okay? So repentance, let's just talk about that. That's where we're going to be at today, to stop pretending. Stop pretending like we got it figured out. Stop pretending like these things aren't hurting us. Stop pretending like it's not a big deal, but repent. So my dad is a drive a back roads kind of guy. He has always commuted a long ways for work ever since I was a little kid. He's in commercial construction. And so whether it be two hours away, three hours away, even an hour away. He's always drove to work. And so because of that, he, and because there wasn't always Syrian roadmaps, he's just kind of a back roads kind of guy, like to find a quicker route. And it drives me absolutely crazy. I'm more of an interstate highway kind of gal, like get me there, flow of traffic. I don't want a lot of turns. But anyway, back to my dad. So because of that and going through all these different roads, sometimes you come up on a dead end road, like, oh, this doesn't lead where I thought it was going to be. So I want us to put ourselves in that driver's seat of like, okay, if I go down this road, I think it's going to be a quicker route. I think it's going to bring me some fulfillment faster. Sin, okay? In case you don't know, try to make that part of the story, okay? I'm going through this road. This road is sin. It gets to a dead end where it's not leading me anywhere. It's harming me. It's not leading anywhere. Now I'm stuck. I can no longer go forward. So what do you do? You turn the car around and you get back on the route. Okay, that is repentance in a nutshell. This is what's going on. This is what I'm doing. It's not working. I want to repent from it. I want to turn away and go the whole opposite direction. I want to give it to the Lord. And so I found this quote this week and it just stuck with me. Repentance is not a work of a day, but of a whole lifetime. So there's always going to be things, especially the more that we go closer to God, that like we're more convicted. That's a good thing. If you are a person that's like, you know, I really don't think God's really wanting to do anything in me, Mm, go to the cross because he's always wanting to make our flesh less apparent and our spirit to shine through. And because of Galatians 5, we know that our flesh is always at war with our spirit. There's always going to be something going against it. But God wants our spirit and his spirit in us to increase. And so repentance is just something we're constantly going to have to do. And that's okay. It's a good thing. Say like, hey, Lord, I want to give this to you. I want to give you my fears. I want to give you my worry. I want to give you my guilt. I want to give you my addiction. I want to give you my idolatry of things that I put before you, Lord. I want to give that to you so that I have you first in my life. These are the things we're going to be that are repentance. So we need to repent. Then we rebound. We pick ourselves back up. We don't stay in the woe is me. We don't stay there. And that right there, if you don't go back, self-pity, all that, that's a demonic spirit too. We don't. We say, you know what? I know who I am in Christ. I know why he died for me. I know that I'm worthy of his blood and that his blood covers a multitude of sins. And I'm good. I'm rebounded now. I'm going to stand up a little bit straighter because of Christ in me. Not woe is me anymore. And after we rebound, we get into relationship. Now we're closer to Christ than we ever were. Why? Because we got rid of what was in between us and him. So the only way to do that is to be aware. Aware of what? Aware of what we need to get rid of. That's the stop pretending part. 
That's the thing about him being a savior. He can only be a savior if you need to be saved, right? He can only clear you of your sins if you know you have sin. But a self-righteous person is someone who's got it all together. It's not really that big of a deal. we got to stop pretending because it is a big deal. Even if it's not harming us, it might be harming people around us, people who love us. We don't see the evidence and the destruction, but it's there. So stop pretending. Okay, this is going to talk to the person who things stay good, but only for a little while. You haven't really repented. That's how you know. So the person who's like, you know what? I've been good. And, you know, I was just really, people tell me all the time, like I'm watching them with a microscope or something, you know, like I've been in my Bible. I've been in prayer. I'm like, cool. Like that doesn't, that's not mine in your relationship. That's your relationship with God. He's the one that wants to increase with you. God does not benefit from your prayers. God does not benefit from your worship. You do. You do. You benefit whenever you give him praise. You benefit when you pray to him. That increases you. God is sovereign. God is almighty. There's nothing you can give God that he doesn't already have. Even whenever in the Old Testament, when they had to bring sacrifice to him, they were giving him what he already had. Right? So when you look at with it, with it being your money or, or whatever, like you're not doing God a favor because God has everything. God wants people. God wants people who love him and give him thanks. You know, I remember whenever I was a little girl one Christmas, y'all, like I thought I was so clever. And my mom's listening to this episode. I know you're going to legit remember this. But anyway, I don't know how old I was. I'm going to say like six, seven. I hope I wasn't older than that because that'd be really, really sad. But I end up, my mom... um was, I don't know where she was, but she wasn't with me. And so I went into her room and I started getting all these things that I thought were really cute, and really pretty, like jewelry, necklaces, rings, like stuff she didn't even really wear. And I took it and I wrapped it up like all these little, all these little presents wrapped, like a little kid wraps. And I wrapped them all up and I gave them to her. <laughs> and I was like, mom, I got you something. And she went up, she's like, wow. Of course, she's just like over the moon. She's like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. I love this. All the things. But I think about that of like how we do God. Like we literally wrap up, we find these things, even the goodness in us, y'all. He placed that goodness in us. And we're like, oh my God, my gosh, God, like I can sing and worship service now, or I can write a book now, or I can, all these gifts and talents he's placed in us. And we wrap them up and we say like, Lord, do you want me to, I want to give this to you. And he's like, cool. It was already mine to start with. I gave it to you. All you're doing is using it now for the whole repurpose that I gave it to you. You know, but only when we quit pretending are these things able to be uncovered. They're a treasure that's got to be, the dust got to be come off from, they got to be dug into with a shovel and found. Why? Because they're precious. They're precious. And he finds that that's the stuff that God finds value in. It's for us using what he's already given us in the first place. We're not giving it back to him. Instead, we're just using it for the whole soul purpose that he gave it to us. God's soul purpose is to seek the lost. That's what he does. Scripture tells us that he leaves the 99 for the one, right? He doesn't pretend like there aren't lost sheep, lost people. Instead, he says, it's my purpose to seek them and go find them, to bring them back to him. And so if we look at that for what it is, think about stuff in us. That he leaves all the all the good stuff. Like he's not saying that he's not proud of you. He's not saying that he's not excited for you. He's not saying that he's not grateful that you're walking in your calling. 
What he's saying is, but we're going to leave all these 99 righteous things because I'm going to seek after the one that I want to fix. What if we looked at that verse like that? What if we looked at that verse like, it can mean so, that's what I love about the word of God. It's living, it's active, and it's sharp. And it tells us things. And I'm just like, you know what, Lord? It's not that you don't care about all the good that I'm doing, but I need to stop pretending like there's not more refinement that needs to happen. You're always trying to refine me. You're always trying to purify me. Why? So I become like in your likeness. It's great that you have a rap sheet of being the church secretary for 42 years, but God sees bitterness in your heart and malice and hate. Maybe not. And you're like, oh, I don't hate anybody, but you hate yourself. You see what I'm saying? Like, God just wants to search us out continually. Why? So that we repent. So that we turn away from these things. So he can turn them to who he is and what he has. Jesus searches for repentance. He longs for it. So I'm going to read a verse in Luke 11. Because we haven't read a verse yet. And if we ain't reading verses, then what are we even doing around here? I'm going to read Luke 11, 9 through 13. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Ooh, are you seeking God for good things? I mean, that's just a that's just a self-reflection question right there. If he says, knock and the door will be open, seek and you will find, ask and it will be given to you, that's a promise from him. Those three things right there, that those letters are in red, that's a promise. But what are we seeking him for? Because when we seek God for good things, he's not going to give you something bad. Here's an example for this. This past weekend, I spoke at a conference in Gatesville, and I bought these new shoes, and they were bomb. Like, they were so cute. But whenever I got there, their stage, it was like a plastic stage. It was hard service, but I'm sure because of sound and echo and everything, they stacked a bunch of rugs on it. And I saw it, and I was just like, oh, no, this is not <laughs> going to be good for these new shoes I bought because I was so worried that the heel was going to catch the siding of that rug. And let's just say it. Like, how embarrassing would that be? To be talking the word of God and walking, and I get passionate, y'all. Like, I don't even know what happens, but I'm I'm in it. Spirit's flowing. And if I trip and fall on my face. And the whole time I'm praying, and I literally change shoes because let's just, I need insurance and security for myself. But I got to thinking, like, how dumb even was that? Because God is not going to want to embarrass me. If I'm seeking God for good things, if I'm begging his spirit, his spirit to dwell within me and to speak through me and to be exalted, he is not going to to bring me something that's bad. Same for you. If you seek God wholeheartedly and you want what he has for you and you are repenting and you're saying, look, God, I'm turning away from this. I'm not going to do it. He's not going to let you have no friends and be lonely. But the enemy tells us that. We tell ourselves that. Like, I don't want to repent from this because this is what I know. Well, that's your own pride. And you're making yourself an idol and you're seeking your self-gratification and comfort. Jesus did not die for comfort. He did not. Jesus doesn't want for you to always be comfortable. He wants his glory. He wants to show up in your life, and he can't if you stay in your comfort zone of sin. 
When you pick yourself over him, you are saying that you are your master, and we cannot serve two masters. Scripture is very clear about that. But if you're seeking him, y'all, and you're repenting, he's not going to give you something bad. That's not who he is. It says even people that are evil. That's what that verse said. You are people, you are evil, and even you know how to give your your kids good gifts. Why wouldn't I be in your father? that has so much mercy and compassion and forgiveness to bestow upon you. If I'm going to do that for you and die a harmful, harmful, horrible death on a cross and you seek me and you're being obedient to me and you're following me in my ways, why would I give you harm? He's not going to do it. So we have to stop pretending like we're not putting ourselves first and we have to start putting him first. But why? Why repent? Other than for your own. You know, somebody, I read a meme the other day, it was like, do I really need Jesus to go to heaven? And this lady said, you need Jesus to go to Walmart. And I thought, that will preach. <laughs> like, that needs to be on a t-shirt, billboard sign, whatever. Because it's so true. Like, so when people say, well, why do I really need to repent? I'm like, do I? So that Christ may increase. There's so much in your life that you're missing out on because you're holding on to what Satan's given you. Like, that's why you repent, because there's so many good things on the other side of that door that you are keeping locked. Don't just unlock it. Turn the knob and open it up so that he can come in and he can dwell and he can abide. But Jesus tells us this in Matthew 4, chapter 17. This is right after he goes through the desert. This is right after Jesus was baptized and the Spirit led him into the desert. He was tested. Then after that, he calls his first disciples. So, Before he calls his disciples on the Sea of Galilee, he says this in 417. Right as he begins to preach. From that time on, Jesus began to preach. In letters in red, it says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come. That's why we repent. So that Jesus can do what he set out to do all along in us. So that the Holy Spirit can captivate us. And fill us with all the fruits, all the gifts, all the prosperity that the Holy One gives. That's why we repent. For the kingdom of God has come. We're missing out on too much. The kingdom is at hand. What is the kingdom? The kingdom is of God. So, in case you don't know, Jesus gives us a uh, example of prayer. I've done a podcast on this before, but I want to tell you some different things that I've been studying that really stood out to me. Whenever he gives us an example of prayer, this is called the Lord's Prayer, or if you're from a different religions, it's called the Our Father, okay? But he gave us this prayer as an example, and I'll tell you why. It was not him praying it because whenever it says, forgive us of our debts, Jesus never had any debts. Some, some versions say, forgive us of our trespasses. He never had any trespasses. We do. So this is a total example for us and how we should pray. But when Jesus says this, it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, where? On earth, as it is in heaven. Only repentance leads to revival and to salvation. Repentance is saying like, look, this is where I'm at. I don't want to be there anymore. 
I'm a sinner that needs a savior. I'm corrupted. I need some clarity. It's the simple, I'm sorry. I want you now, Lord. That's repentance. And repentance is what starts the change inside of us so that his kingdom can come and dwell within us. The kingdom is in the Holy Spirit. As it is in heaven, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Father and Son, they are in heaven right now. Scripture tells us that. I have faith in that. But the Spirit of God dwells here in us, working through us. It's powerful. That's how the kingdom comes. And the growth of the kingdom is what's at hand. The purpose that all of us have as believers is to share the gospel and to grow the numbers in heaven. Okay, to, to, to just sum up the whole reasoning behind repentance is because of who we are subject to. What is the root inside of us? So I'm going to read a few verses in Romans 11 here. Just to, It's talking about the remnant of Israel. So Israel would not repent. They, they rejected Christ. And so as Paul is writing this, he's like, but because they rejected him, the Gentiles had access, right? Christ came to die for Jew, Gentile, man, woman, child, male, female, the whole deal. Um, and so it's just bringing awareness to that. But he's just talking about the remnant left. But I want to read this to you real quick. I'm going to just read in 11:17. If some of the branches have been broken off, and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing sap of the olive root. Okay, this is talking about how the Gentiles now, they're a part of the kingdom of God. They're now God's children too. Whereas they weren't a part of Israel before. 18, do not consider yourself to be superior to those branches, right? So we're not better, they're saying you're not better than them, they're not better than you. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. I'm going to tell you that if anything in you is growing, if you are a believer, Jesus is your root. Jesus is your root. So all the nourishment that we get whenever we repent for things, it nourishes it. It nourishes him. Nourishes is, I don't know how to, that's a hard word to say. Brings nourishment. How about that? Brings nourishment to him. It grows what he is inside of us. It grows him. It feeds it. Because we don't support him. He supports us. He makes us capable of being good. But without nourishing his spirit within us, we're not capable. We have no fruit. Not only that, we bring ourselves destruction. I said it earlier. You're not in comfort. It's not meant to be comfortable all the time. But you're in Christ. He is our root. He is what sustains us. Therefore, whenever he brings things up for us to repent from, that's why we do it. Is because we want to live our lives in honor of him, subject to him as our Lord of Master, because of everything that he's done for us, and because the things that we do because of him bring us good. Good things come. Obedience unlocks the door to our blessings. Whenever we are obedient to him inside of us, he's not telling you to quit doing these things and to stop it and to turn away from it for no reason. He's doing it so that he can bring benefit to you because he has things waiting for you that he has prepared in advance for you. But only by being obedient to him do you just unlock 
the door for the blessings to just come up over you. Everything that he wants to give you. All the people he wants to impact through you. He wants to draw them closer to him by the way that you live your life. That's why we repent. We want to grow closer to him. We want to love him more than ever before. We want for him to be a part of us and for us to be a part of him in relationship. So let's not take any more days, any more time, any more minutes even. Just right now, wherever you're at, say, Father, I just ask that you help me give this to you for once and for all. I don't want any part of it anymore. I'm laying it down at the foot of the cross so that you can cast it as far as the east from the west. Father, take away the desires I have for it. If it's people, God, take away the desires that I have for them. God, because I only want what you have for me. I don't want anything restricting me from the life that you want for me anymore. Jesus, I'm sorry, and I thank you for dying so that I could be able to have a gain. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. For the people that are around us that we love and we want to see again one day, that's why you repent, because you want that. God does not need you, but he does want you. And more than anything, he just wants for you to be in relationship with him. To repent, to rebound, gather it back up, and to be in relationship with the Father. I pray that this episode just encouraged you, that you understand that if you feel convicted, it's not a bad thing. It's actually a really, really good thing because Jesus is trying to just fill your heart more than ever. And so he's wanting to just fine tune and get rid of all the yuck bring everything to the service so we can say, you know what? I want to quit doing that now. Whatever it is, whatever I've been struggling with, whatever I set down, but then I go back and pick up, whatever's making my relationship not stay on fire and not stay consistent and persistent in him, let him take away those things and just go ahead and repent for it. I hope that you have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next week.